Thank you for joining us today for another Abundant Living Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Oliver. You have our promise to do our best to make the next few minutes of your time well spent. Our special guest is prepared to share a blessing with you. So let's jump in and get started. Thank you for joining us today for what I think is one of the most important podcast interviews we have done so far. Today's Abundant Living podcast will really bless you as it will be very relevant, especially when we think about the troubled times we live in. It is my pleasure and honor to welcome our very special guest, Dr. Gaetano Sotili, founder and president of IFC, which stands for Italy for Christ. Welcome to our live broadcast. It's wonderful to be with you, Brother Bruce. We will be speaking with Dr. Gaetano Sotili from his home office in Italy. Dr. Gaetano Sotili is recognized as one of the most influential Christian leaders in Italy. Dr. Gaetano Sotili, having led thousands to the Lord, trained hundreds of pastors and Christian leaders, and mentored key public figures in Italy and Europe. Dr. Gaetano Sotili is present on more than 50 radio networks with the daily 90 seconds program from Monday to Friday, focused on the family, with an audience of more than one and a half million listeners. Dr. Gaetano Sotili will speak to us today on evangelization connected to a mindset transformation. Dr. Gaetano Sotili is affectionately called Guy. Guy, are you ready to begin? I sure am, Brother Bruce, and it is a privilege for me to be in your midst, and most of all, it is an honor to be listening to so many people that your podcast is going to be reaching. Guy, can you explain to our listeners why the Great Commission has not yet been accomplished? That is the $1 million question, isn't it? <laughs> this is because we understand the gospel, I believe, as projected to the life to come and not as the true, what I call, operating system for this life as well. In other words, for some reason, I... Um, being an evangelist, you know, I've been warned to the Lord uh, through another evangelist. Uh, his name was Stephen Alford. Billy Graham used to, uh, to uh, talk about him as the, uh, the prince uh, of uh, preachers. And uh, so when I was in this little town of Sicily and I heard the message of the gospel, it was just unbelievable. It was great. I started my work with the Lord, and, uh, and for some reason, from the very beginning, and it took a lot of years to understand this, it was like I had to work in order to be prepared for the life to come. And of course, that's partially true. However, uh, it's like uh, all the good things that God has prepared for us, we believe that they're going to be coming through and be accomplished once we get to heaven. And yet, Jesus said, I came to give you life, comma, and life in abundance. Now, that's mm -hmm. on the other side of the comma, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a few years ago, I came to the realization that the Christian principles, the biblical principles, most of all, the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, are universal. Those teachings are irrefutable because they deal with principles for living. 
I have an iPhone, you know, and a computer, and like many of you, and you all know that computers and iPhones have operating systems. Now, some operating systems are called iOS, or, you know, that's for the Apple computers and phones, iPhone and so on. And then they have the other ones are called Androids. They have a different uh, operating system. Now, the point is that uh, we are faced in this life with uh, two different operating systems. One that is uh, the, the worldly one, the one that was given to us, uh, passed down to us uh, by Satan, and one that was given to God. I mean, he's our programmer. I mean, he, he, do, he didn't give us just the principles to obey uh, blindly. He wanted us to comprehend and understand that his teachings are the real answer to the real questions of this life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, cannot, uh, I cannot talk about this without uh, remembering uh, uh, the wonderful experience uh, of Mondo Transfiguration when uh, you know, Peter is ready to prepare three tents because he sees there Jesus and Moses and uh, Elijah. I mean, <clears throat> Moses and Elijah that never died, you know what I'm saying, you know, I mean, they were taken into heaven without dying, so for some reason he's right there. And you know, the Old Testament is always referred as, uh, you know, they have uh, the, the, the laws and uh, the law and the prophets. So Moses, of course, is the writer of the law, and uh, Elijah is probably the prince of all the prophets. You know, never forget that he called uh, uh, fire from heaven, you know. So what I'm trying to say is that when Peter said, uh, I'm going to be preparing three tanks, right then, Moses and Elijah were gone. They were gone. The other one that remained was Jesus. Was Jesus and the voice came from the background saying, this is it, man. This is it. Listen to him. He's got principles to teach to you guys that are the manual, the, uh, the instruction uh, booklet of how we need to live the life. And, and I believe that we have uh, been trying to present Christianity as a religion, as a creed, as a series of theological uh, you know, uh, principles and doctrines and so forth. And all these things are good. Don't get me wrong, you know. But I'm a very pragmatic person. And I have come to realize that the principles applied in this life, in the events of life that God is in control of, are the only way that we can really evangelize the world because we will show them something that will make the world say, just like one of the centurions, the soldiers that killed, that killed Jesus on the cross says, man, truly, truly, this was really the Son of God. And I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes we just start trying to evangelize, presenting a culture, presenting traditions, presenting beliefs, and, uh, you know, we're missing the mark. We need to present uh, Jesus through us, leaving our life wherever he puts us, whether we're employees or employers, uh, whether we are male or female, you know, whether we are like in the time of, in a, of a period of peace or war, we need to say with the Apostle Paul, it is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And Christ is not a religion. Christ is not a creed. Christ is a series of principles that we can apply by the power of the Holy Spirit 
to show to the world that he is the answer. Now, if we're going to do that, entire native communities will be changed. You know, cities will be changed. Countries will be changed. And ultimately, the world will be evangelized. And that's what we have been able to see here in Italy. We've been able to see in all the different strata of society something wonderful happening because it's not about Moses or Elijah. It is about Jesus. Mm. It's the focus. It's the focus. He must be the focus all the time. Next question. Guy, how important is it for people to understand the principles of the kingdom of God? Well, the principles are important because of the end. The end of our salvation is transformation. In other words, in other words we, we, we need to be transformed, and the only way we can be transformed is through understanding, comprehend the principle taught by Jesus, and not following methods, traditions, that we apply almost you know, unconsciously. You know, the greatest thing that we can do is to make the unconscious conscious, you know, and... Understand the principles of the kingdom of God is so, so very important. Because, you see, um, the, uh, the, the transformation is at the base of our personal growth. If I'm not transformed, uh, I'm not growing, of course, you know. And, uh, of course, when I get to heaven, I will be fully transformed. You remember the, the words of... Uh, the Apostle Paul, the one who started a good work in you, will finish it up. You know, sure, but, but if he started, I've got to be seeing some kind of transformation in my life. What I see, unfortunately, is, is, is just a, for a lot of people, after they experience salvation in Jesus, I see them getting the principles of this world and trying to spiritualize them. So, uh, so that's why we still have jealousy, competition, greed. I mean, you all know, I mean, you, you know, Pastor Oliver, how much is done in the name of God, you know. <laughs> that's no good, you know. Instead, we should be taking the spiritual principles that are basically the teaching of the kingdom of Jesus and incarnate them in our everyday life. This is the principle of incarnation. This is the principle of transformation. And, for example, uh, lately I came to a new realization of what Jesus really wanted to communicate through the parable of the prodigal son. I mean, we always look at the, pro at the parable, and man, I preached this message so many times in my crusades. I believe tens of thousands of people came to the Lord through the preaching of the prodigal son done by... Uh, by, by me in the, in, in the different crusades. Okay, you, you went away, now you're coming back, and there is a father you know, that is waiting for you, a father that hugs and kisses you, and so on and so forth. Then, of course, sometimes in teaching in the church, we, we, uh, we, we focus a little bit on the, on, the, on the good son, you know, that uh, is not that excited, that the father is treating the, 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 the prodigal son the way he is, and so on. But then I realized something that has got to do with the principle of transformation. And that is the spiritual principles brought into everyday life, the ministry of incarnation through transformation. You know, the, 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 the heart of this parable 
is when the son comes and says, Father, I am not worthy to be called your son. I repent. I mean, I, people say, you see, he really repented. Yeah, he did. You know, he says, treat me like the last of your servants. Give him just a little shelter and a piece of bread. That'll be more than enough, more than I deserve. And the father kind of rebukes him because he says, you don't understand. You are trying to bring into my kingdom the principles of the world because that's how the world works. You see, you, you're trying to bring the mentality of the kingdom of darkness into my kingdom. Into my kingdom, when you come back, you come back like before because I have a plan for your life. And the Father you're coming back is giving me a chance to accomplish the wonderful plan through your life. So, so this is interesting because when the, the, the good son starts criticizing because he never had a party, the father says, oh, for goodness sake, you could have had a party every night. But you didn't ask for it. Whatever was mine was yours. You see, you obeyed without understanding the principles of the kingdom. Now the prodigal son finally understands. He understands that he was in the world, but when he comes back home, he's got a reason according to the principles of the kingdom of God. And that's how he gets transformed. <clears throat> he doesn't get transformed because he gets a new suit, you know, or, or, or a ring, or because he prays before he eats, or because he goes on Sunday to, to church, or because he gets up at 4 o'clock and goes to the prayer and Bible study. All those things are good. Don't get me wrong. They're good. But the final proof is understanding the principles that applied stimulate our transformation. And it takes courage. Yes, it takes courage to put into practice uh, the, uh, the principle of the kingdom because they are diametrically opposed to the principles of this world. And uh, that's why I think the importance of understanding the principles of the kingdom of God is uh, paramount because uh, these are not religious teachings. This is not theology, you guys. This, these are irrefutable principles taught to us by our programmer, our creator, the one that said that there be light and there was light. Wow. <clears throat> wow, that was amazing, and I appreciate you sharing from your heart. Now, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper here on this next question, see what you can take from this question shared with everybody. Uh, here it is. Brother, would you speak to us about the foolishness of God versus wisdom of man? That is a good one, isn't it? We must uh, overrule, uh, we must learn, sorry, we must learn how to overrule the rational and learn to uh, 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 get out into the irrational. And the foolishness of God against the wisdom of man. You know, why, why in the world, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I believe the Greeks, uh, the Greek philosophers, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, th these are the guys that kind of came up with this, you know. Why are we rational? Well, you know, rationality is important because it makes you and me predictable. So, you know, if I'm predictable, then everybody 
basically knows what to expect, right? Right. It's very important, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, to lead, uh, to have some order in life, uh, you need to be predictable. So you need to be rational. But the one who's uh, predictable, the one who is rational, is nothing but an ordinary person. Ordinary person. If you want to go and be extraordinary, you have to get out of the rational and start just uh, imagining something different. That's when faith gets into the picture. Yeah. I mean, all the irrational, I mean, Einstein was irrational, for God's sake, you know. And Dante Alighieri, that wrote the Divine Comedy, I mean, there's so much irrationality in what he writes. I mean, Nobel Prizes, you know, they started with imagination. They started with ideas. Now, we as Christians are called by God to go out into the irrational, in faith. That's very important. I mean, I mean, I mean if I would just speak to a skull and say to the skull, to be or not to be, I mean, people would think that I'm crazy. I'm a foolish guy, right? Right. But, but, but this is the, 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 the poet, Fulcher. I mean, Shakespeare, you know, he, he, became, uh, he became like a, a big shot for this, the, saying those words. Because in the irrational, he was trying to explain his search for truth in life. And so uh, the, the fullness, we have the fullness of the, uh, of the artist, you know. And, uh, you know, when you see the drawing of Leonardo, man, you know, it's Leonardo da Vinci, you know. He, I mean, he's trying to put you, you've got to figure out. You know, he, 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 before he painted, he says, I will not, some, some portraits will take him years. I mean, 10, 15 years. Because, I mean, he could have painted it, of course he could, but he wanted to find out what was inside a person. So when you watch the Leonardo's paintings, you have to see the, all the different facets because everything has a meaning. Just look at the Last Supper, man, you know, the betrayal of Jesus. It's just unbelievable. You could stay there for hours. Now, how does this come about? In the rational? Of course not. In the irrational. The fullness of God is exactly this. You know, he, he chooses the fullest things of this world to put the wise to shame. And sometimes, you know, I really believe that... Uh, we have lost uh, that irrationality, which doesn't mean to be nuts, you know, and do crazy things, uh, but it means to search uh, more of what God has prepared for us. And uh, we should never be satisfied the way we are. I mean, I'm, uh, next week I'll be 65 years old, but I'm telling you, I get up every morning and I feel like I'm 15 years old because I know that every day, I got something more to discover. Where in the rational, ordinary world? Of course not. In the rational, sometimes we as Christians have become rational. We mm -hmm. have packaged, you know, who God is, how He works, and what to expect, and we have become humans, man, <laughs> and and we have become ordinary. I mean, the world doesn't see us anymore. Our light, we're supposed to be the light of this world, is not as bright as it could be because the only thing that will shine is the fullness of God. And that's why, without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
It's impossible. Because to be, to, to go out into the fullness of God, the divine fullness, well, you really need to use your faith. That's really, that's really incredible. And of course, you know, I think about Elijah, you know. Can you imagine Elijah when he called the fire from heaven? He probably was in the front page of all the newspapers. I mean, he was all over CNN and Fox News and uh, you know, <laughs> Newsmax or whatever. You know, the big shot, you know. Yeah. And he just said, I have figured God out. I finally got it. He didn't realize that the moment that he did what he did, he became rational. Because he said, I figured it out. See, when you figure things out, you become rational because you become the boss of whatever principle you have grasped to, right? Right. Now, the bottom line is that in 24 hours, the big shot of the number one prophet that the world had ever seen started running away from this mad woman who wanted to kill him. And that's why, that's when he, he, he just finds refuge in this cave and he's asking God, man, let me die. He doesn't celebrate, doesn't sing the Hallelujah Chorus anymore. He's singing Kumbaya, Kumbaya, I want to die, I want to die, you know. And uh, that's when God starts talking to him. He teaches the greatest lesson that I think he's ever learned. Don't you ever again become rational and tell other people that you figure me out because I'm God. I am infinite. And every day you can discover something better, you know, about me. That's why if you're not foolish in your thinking, if you're not irrational because you know that there is something better, and, and look at the world, you know, all the, big, uh, all the big examples of faith. I mean, you know, and, I mean, people have been like down, and, I mean, dead under the ground. And while they were there, they figured something out and they, they came out and uh, victorious because they did something that was never done before. And yet today, what is the reply that our young people have? Oh, we've never done that way before. We've never done that way before. Well, his faithfulness is new every morning. Yes. And by faithfulness, it's not just the fact that he's faithful, but that he's faithful as he responds to our faith, to our foolishness. So, brother Oliver, you're talking to a crazy guy over here, right? I hope you won't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that makes two of us. We're both crazy. <laughs> Thank God. And who knows how many crazy people out there, too. <laughs> Guy, you have said that Jesus was busy launching a missionary revolution. Would you please elaborate on this and at the same time share with us what our responsibility is? Well, we need to understand what, uh, what I just uh, didn't understand for many years, and thank God I came to understanding this not too long ago, and that drastically changed the, the results of our ministry. Mind you, our ministry was probably the top ministry in Italy uh, even then. And, uh, but, but, I, but I was reaching great numbers using the same methods over and over again, right? Mm. That's when I realized that there was uh, an incredible percentage of this country that was not reached. Because not everybody is reached the same way. So I was just reaching a segment of society. And because I, I thought that I, I had it, okay? That is the great mistake that everybody makes. 
people just uh, say, oh, guys, Sotila, Italy for Christ, you know, guys, the Billy Graham of Italy. I always refuse that because I said that's a, a disgrace to, <laughs> to Billy Graham. He's way better than me. But most of all, Billy Graham was unique. Each one of us is unique, all right? So, yes. So we become finite when we copy other ministries, other people, and so on. We, we need to realize that uh, in the kingdom of God, uh, one thing that Jesus taught us uh, was that we need to play the infinite game and not the finite game. Now, a football game or a ba baseball game, those are finite games because, uh, you know, there is a beginning, there is an end, you know, a half time or a quarter of time is, I don't know, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever that is, you know. And at the end of the game, there has got to be a winner and a loser. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the game, everything is gone, and you've got to start and look for another game, right? So that's the finite game with rules, rules that are arbitrary because these are rules you know, invented by men, so you could change those rules. Oh, by the way, and of course, during the finite game, you cannot change the rules while you're playing. Then there is the infinite game. The infinite game doesn't have rules. And the infinite game doesn't have uh, a time. The infinite game, but it's infinite. It's infinite because it starts, and, uh, and the winner is the one who stays in the game as long as possible, right? Right. So, so we just saw what happened with America retreating from Afghanistan, all right? I mean, they were there. They won, we thought. You know, they didn't lose as many people as the, the, uh, the, the Taliban's or whatever, you know, there. And uh, so to the eyes of the world, to the, the, the how do you say here, to the um, uh, evaluation, the worldly evaluation, America, just like in Vietnam or in Korea or now in Afghanistan, won. Well, they didn't, it didn't win, really, because now the people that were defeated are back in power because they didn't play the finite game. They didn't play just with weapons and stuff. They play with an ideal. Now, of course, I'm not justifying at all the ideal. You know, it's just, you know, completely opposite to mine, you know. But I'm saying the principle that they used is exactly the principle that Jesus was trying to teach and communicate to his disciples and to all of us. We, he, he's the one that says, it is written, you know, the finite game, rules, regulations, traditions, and so on. It is written, but I say unto you, the most difficult chapter in the, in the book of the, in, in the Bible, in the New Testament, is in Romans. Of course, being an Italian, living in Rome, you know, people say, what is the most important book in the Bible? I always say Romans, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> But uh, also, the most difficult uh, chapter is uh, Romans chapter 11. Do you remember? I mean, after 10 chapters where you, you talk about grace, uh, about you talk about the blood of Jesus, uh, about you talk about the, 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 you know, the fact that we are justified <clears throat> only through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Uh, we all know those. I don't need to bore you with the, all those principles, important foundational principles, by the way. I would like to underscore that. All I want to... Uh, Paul starts talking about uh, the people of Israel, right? And he says that God has got a plan for them. And that plan is different uh, than the plan for the, of the rest of the world. In other words, uh, God, I don't know how he's going to do it, 
but he's going to give back his people, just like he blinded his people so that the gospel will come to the Gentiles. He, he will do the same thing, and his people will come to him uh, in another way. Now, Paul knows that he went too far in his reasoning. And that's why he starts saying, now, what, what do you mean? I know that some of you are saying, what are you talking about? And I respond to you, were you with God when he created the world? And then he goes on and he says, were you his consigliere? I mean, he's talking like a boss of the mafia, you know. <clears throat> were you God's consigliere? You know, who do you think you are? And then the last verse of chapter 11, which to me, brother, brother Bruce, is probably the best definition of God in the whole Bible. Because whatever definition we give of God is relative. God is love, is relative. God is holy, God is just, God is mercy, God is the light. I mean, it's like, it's hard to find a definition that includes them all. Hmm. But Paul did it when in Romans chapter 11, I believe verse 35 or 36, he mm -hmm. said, for all things are from him, through him, unto him, for his glory. Yes. You see, the definition of, of an infinite God implies that we have to be infinite players. And when you're an infinite player, the rules change as you play. You don't want the, the, the game to be over. You want the, the game to go on and on and on. That's why we will never retire. That's why we'll never stop learning more of infinite God. That's why we shouldn't be afraid if we're going to be 70, 80, or 90 years old that something's going to happen. Because if we are here, it's because God wants to accomplish His plan for our lives while we are here. And of course, if our idea of serving God is, is a finite philosophy, the pastor, you know, he leaves the church and then he retires, and then what? And then what? Well, then he writes books, you know, but it's like his second best. And then what? <laughs> well, and then <clears throat> I'm going to start a foundation, if I got some money, of course, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you see how far away we are from the mind of God? Mm. All things are from him, all things, good and bad, yes, good and bad. Mm. And I can explain that because it's a mystery that God revealed to me. Because without evil, there is no good. Without the light, there cannot be the, the, the darkness and vice versa. In other words, even in, in physics, the, the opposite draw one another. And when negative or positive draw one another, they make, they make the, 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 the physical corporate, they make it stronger and stronger. That's why you know, we should never raise suffering from our lives. Because the more we suffer, the stronger we get. You know? So all things are from him, through him. That means the game has to be played according to his rules and not ours. But remember, in the infinite game, the rules change all the time. That's why we need in tune with the Lord all the time. That's why we must, uh, you know, be filled with the Spirit. You're supposed to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not one or twice or three times. It's a constant filling up with the Holy Spirit because we need to be sensitive to the way that God is coaching and directing our life. Everything is from Him, through Him, and to Him is important. 
because the Italian translation is one of the best ones. It's the closer one to the Greek. In view of God, all things are from Him, through Him. In view of God. In other words, it's like when I get to the airport, when I go to a conference or something outside of Italy, I don't know my people there that are hosting me. So I get to the airport and I see, you know, dozens, hundreds of people, and I focus. I focus trying to see something that says, uh, Italy for Christ, uh, Gaetano Sottile, Dorto Sottile, I don't know, something, you know. And that's how, in our Christian life, in our, in our infinite game, you know, we look. We, we look for God. I yes. don't want to look for help. I don't want to look for a substitute. I don't want to look for an I want to look for God. Yeah. From God, through God, in view of God, I want to see Him. And God never shows Himself the same way. Have you ever thought about that? He's always different because He's God. He's God. For His glory, yes, because at the end of this game, whatever victory we can obtain, it's, uh, I mean, He takes credit. He has to take credit because uh, you need an infinite power to just stay into the infinite game. And then, of course, Romans chapter 1, 12, 1, that says, Therefore, brother, in view of this, present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. I'm, thinking, I'm telling you, this kind of preaching, I don't hear that often. Right. It's revolutionary, and Jesus was a revolutionary. Right. A revolution, revolution, revolutione, revolutione, he means uh, turning around, turning around, and turning around. Revolution. Now, the point is that in turning around, it doesn't mean that we are changing the principles of God. That we are, we are, how do you say, we are enhancing the principles of God as we apply them in our daily life. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus requires from all of us. It doesn't require us to automatically believe Him. It doesn't require us to memorize the Bible. It doesn't, it doesn't require us to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall no want. Even uh, if I walk the, uh, in the valley of death, I shall feel no evil because of the hour with me. No, 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 no. He wants to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Because when the other day or the other year, I was in this crisis, I followed His teaching. I tried to understand that teaching. And how to apply it into my life in a new way. And when I figured that out, oh my gosh, I saw something beautiful, you know. And so, you see the difference between reciting something and living something. I don't know if this transpires to you because we're in a podcast. So you cannot see me as I'm moving my hands and as I, I I'm smile and as the, 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 my facial, you know, uh, evidence or visibility. You cannot see that. But I hope that through my words, you understand that I'm not just giving you something that I learn in the books. It is something that I am experiencing in my life. And that is what an infinite game is all about. Amen. Because time is slipping away, I'm going to combine my fifth question and sixth question, Guy. And it goes like this. Guy, please tell us more about your team in Italy and at the same time, let us know how listeners may get involved with IFC. 
Well, thank you so much, Pastor Oliver, for this wonderful opportunity. We work, as, as you can imagine, we work in every area of society. I mean, we work at 360 degrees. So we, uh, we build up our presence in the social work and uh, in the humanitarian work because that's the first thing that uh, Jesus uh, taught us to do. So we started this uh, organization, which is Association uh, Associazione Contro la Povertà, which means Association Contro Against Poverty. And, uh, you know, we've been able to distribute during COVID uh, tens of thousands of uh, packages, care packages. Of course, every package was filled up uh, not only with a lot of food and olive oil and you name all kinds of things, you know, and, but with the Word of God. Uh, with books that uh, stimulate the thinking of the people, just to be able to, without inviting them to church. I mean, we organized uh, and uh, all kinds of activities around the church uh, for older people, for young people. In, in, the, the, in the worst areas of the major cities of Italy, we have, uh, we have uh, teens that take care of kids whose parents are in jail or, or maybe they're drug addicts. We've seen uh, you know, uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people coming to Jesus through that. But we also, and we learned, that unless we focus on leadership, we're never going to go anywhere. So the Guy Leadership Academy was conceived to give free uh, uh, lessons, uh, free courses online in presence uh, on topics like the, the, the DNA of a true leader, or put your dream to the test, or how to discover the reason you are in this planet. I mean, the name of Jesus is, is never mentioned as we, we do this because we're invited by city halls, city councils, you know, and uh, in, the, uh, in the political world in Italy. But all those principles are based uh, on the teaching of Jesus. So I really feel that we can preach the Word of God without preaching the Word of God because a lot of these people have come to know Jesus. Uh, we, uh, we partner right now, for example, with the Andrea Bocelli Foundation. And people think, uh, excuse me, that we, we're doing this uh, so that we can enhance our image. We don't do that for that. Our only purpose is to turn around the life of the Maestro Bocelli so that he can really understand what it really means to know God in a personal way. Amen. So the key partnerships are not just with believers, but also with unbelievers that we feel are able to influence. Because leadership is nothing but influence, influence influencing people. And uh, we do church planting because we believe that unless we put together all this, uh, all this fruit in, in, in this basket, which is the local church, we're, not, we're never going to get anywhere. During COVID, we planted churches. One church, for example, that was planted two months before COVID, doubled up in size during COVID, and now they took over the next door uh, building so that uh, they can, because they, they need to expand. They went up now from 30 people to like 160 people. In, in two years, in the city of Lugano, the Italian part of Switzerland, and this, all these initiatives are taken by, by people and leaders that we have mentored, and we have the largest church now after two years in the, uh, in the Italian, speaking Italian part of Switzerland, in the city of Lugano, with over 200 believers. And so why am I saying all this? I'm saying this because uh, I see God at work. I see young leaders being planted. Someone said, 
for a new leader to come up, the old leader must die. That's what the world teaches, Brother Bruce. For young leaders to come up, old leaders must die. I say I'm 65 years old, and there are countless of leaders, mostly young people. The older one maybe is now 43, 44 years old, who have done tremendously, tremendously good because a leader that hasn't produced in his lifetime all the leaders is not a leader at all. And so I believe that I, you know, we acquire immortality when we add a value to others. I really like myself more now that I work behind the scenes than when I was a prima donna. Believe me, I was a pretty good prima donna, man. <laughs> but work behind is so much better because when you see that God has used you to develop and multiply his kingdom on this earth, with all humility, you realize it's not because of one man. It's because of what one man does in reproducing himself in his lifetime, in the life of so many. So, if people want to know more about Italy for Christ, you can just go write an email to info, very easy, info at italyforchrist, all one word, dot com. That's just easy. So, info at italyforchrist.com. The other thing that you might do, you might, on the web, you can find us, but be very careful because you need to dial italyforchrist.it. It stands for Italy, okay? Don't put com because it won't work. italyforchrist.it for Italy. And you will find in, on the webpage, right there in the front, one promo that we just made in 2021, nine minutes, seven minutes long, that talks about uh, the ministry of Italy for Christ. You'll see all these things in video, and a lot of people that support the ministry, pastors and so on, business guys, and that uh, will tell you why they support Italy for Christ. And um, by, on the webpage, right after the, uh, the video, you will see the, uh, the Facebook page, which is uh, updated every single day. If you scroll down the the Italy for Christ, the Facebook page, you will see, keep scrolling down, reports, uh, testimonies, uh, videos, uh, you will get so much uh, about the ministry of Italy for Christ. And Wonderful. This is it. This is it. And of course, I'm hoping that the people listening, and most of all, bro Brother Bruce Oliver, you in first person, you know, if you ever God will call you here for a short time, a longer time, count on Italy for Christ, because... Uh, we are seeing incredible things, and we need all the help we can get from you all. Amen, and thank you for the nice invite. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, it appears that our ship has arrived at port, and we have come to the end of this awesome Abundant Living podcast. Guy, I would like to personally thank you for being with us today. Your sharing how God has been using you to help build the kingdom of God has been very enlightening to me personally and I know has blessed all of our listening audience. Today, we took a very special journey with Dr. Gaetano Sotili of Italy for Christ. We learned that the work of the Great Commission is still not completed. Guy has so skillfully explained what we need to know about the principles of the kingdom of God and the foolishness of God versus wisdom of man. He said that Jesus was busy launching a missionary revolution and has provided lots of other important details. I am so glad you were able to spend these passing moments with us today 
on another Abundant Living Blog podcast. Guy, thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you come back and do another podcast with us down the road if your busy schedule allows. I know our listeners would love to hear more from you and be further encouraged. Count on me, Brother Bruce, uh, and uh, it's been a privilege and honor, and uh, thank you so much for your ministry. Thank you so much for this incredible podcast, uh, and may God use it mightily to transform lives uh, of countless of Christians. This is Dr. Bruce Oliver thanking everyone for listening today. Be with you again soon for another Abundant Living blog podcast. God bless. It has been great to have you join us for today's podcast. Did you just receive a blessing? If so, will you provide us your comments and questions about today's subject? Check out our podcast schedule and join us for another special guest speaker soon. May God richly bless you.